Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, where we have festive banners. I am your host, Josh Harris. We are sponsored by BetMGM. We have a nice deal for you guys later in the show that we will talk about. Joining me, as always, Christmas sweater and all. Some Cliffy, how we doing? Not too bad, man. Yeah, I was only going to wear one a week, but I was like, it's it, two days left. <laughs> until the break like who cares feel like uh it's super bad right just drilling holes um yeah having a pretty good day here um did not uh have a particularly good night last night uh one of those nights where my stacks were kind of fine um full dallas top line johansson duchene two man matt boldy one off boldy really had a huge game uh for minnesota uh, but I got like eight points from my defenseman and my goalie. So I obviously did not uh, do very well. Anybody that stacked Detroit last night probably had a pretty good night. That top line um, went absolutely nuclear for the Red Wings. Michael Rasmussen, two goals, two assists. David Perron, one goal, two assists. Dylan Larkin, two goals, one assist. I said in our Discord, oh, probably right around lock. <laughs> Somebody asked, so uh, are you going to take off for the night? I said, as soon as Michael Rasmussen res registers the hat trick. And uh, okay. it wasn't quite a hat trick, but it was pretty close. He had me logged out uh, by 10 o'clock Eastern. So that's the way those things go. Um, probably should have factored in Brian Elliott a little bit, <laughs> a little bit heavier than I did. But uh, that's the way it goes. How did you do last night? I thought I was going to cash. I was cashing until about the third period of the last game. I had a Dallas power play, full power play stack, uh, not with Haskinen, with Lindell. And then I had Miko Rantanen and Sam Girard. So, like, that was looking pretty good. And then Vegas just melted the Jamelka, the Melka. And that's all she wrote. And then I decided to just stay up late for no reason because I had a couple bets on some Ducks power plays and I was tilted that they weren't getting any power plays. Here we are. We're, you know, we're, we're back. We have the, the thing is, like, I'm normally this tired on a Thursday. It's just, it's just what it is. The problem is tomorrow I would torture myself and stay up late again tonight. But we're, our show's at 8.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, so... I'm going to go to sleep after the show for the night, I think. And just, you know, we'll see you guys tomorrow. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. early show tomorrow. We had changed it because I was supposed to leave to travel, go visit family, um, you know, around noon or one, a few hours drive. Um, and then, you know, that whole huge snowstorm's coming and hit. We're going to get, I don't know if where I am, we're going to get as much snow, but we're going to get a lot of freezing rain. So I'm not sure I'm going to be traveling in that, but. So we're going to be around in Discord all day, at least, anyway. Um, but, the sh yeah, the show will be early tomorrow, 8.30 a.m. Eastern. Uh, if anybody is off uh, from work or just kind of wants to hide under their desk for a little bit as their day's getting started, Sup, we, will, <laughs> we will be on um, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern tomorrow, obviously. Uh, we will be available uh, wherever you get your podcasts and, as well, replays up on YouTube. Yeah, look at that. Just nuking my read for me, which is nice because... Well, let's just add on to that real quick. Don't forget to sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar on DraftKings and FanDuel. It's super easy, and you can get yourself a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Just got to download the avatar from stochastic.com backslash avatar. Then you place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants in it. Tweet 
at Stochastic Hall of Fame. If you have a Twitter or email us with the screenshot, you'll get a free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum. You also get a shout out in our weekly Hall of Fame segment. Larry's off tomorrow. He'll still be up because I think he's moving. But, uh, right, Larry, let me know. I'll help you. No, I won't. No, you but, won't. Uh, yeah, no, I won't. No, you won't. <laughs> I'll bring pizza. Bring pizza while you're pivoting the couch. Yeah, just, yeah. Maybe, maybe bring some lawn chairs for both yourself and maybe anybody that needs a rest or something like that. Yeah, you can still help out in your own way. Yeah, I'll just, you know, tilt Larry. It's very easy to tilt Larry. Anyway, we got a seven game slate today. Sorry, Larry. These slates, like they're mid size. The slates just this week have been disgusting. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like, there's either teams in really good power play spots and everyone's in a good power play spot, or, like, these matchups are just brutal. And there's some, like, Hurricanes-Pittsburgh, I didn't go back and look, but it feels like this is the first game on a show this season where both teams have a total under three. Could be wrong, but that's what it feels like. But, you know, we're going to play regardless because we're degen, so let's get into the slate. Winnipeg Jets with a 2.4 total heading into Boston. The Bruins have a 3.6 total. Connor Hellebuck is confirmed. Jeremy Swayman is probable. DeBrus still up on that top line. David Pasternak on that second line. Probably going to sound like a broken record. Do like Boston one here. Um, the thing is, like, I don't know. There's other big totals on the slate. Boston's not getting a ton of ownership, but there's still, like, fairly expensive and you're going to want to get pasta in and Hellbuck's been playing well. It's just, I don't know. Like I'm not as enthusiastic as I am, as I normally am on Boston here. It's not the best power play spot for them. That being said, you know, Winnipeg does have some injuries. So maybe that affects that. I think Boston one's fine. And I think they're a very good play. I just don't know if I'm going to get to them. Yeah, um, it is, you know, getting back to those totals, um, it is a slate where we don't have a lot of monster projected lines, right? Like sometimes we'll have Edmonton and they're projected for like 48 points. Um, sometimes we've definitely seen Boston crack the 40-point barrier, obviously with Toronto. Toronto's playing actually right now. Um, they're playing an afternoon game against the Flyers. Sometimes you see those lines with huge totals. Boston or with huge projections, Boston's top line leads our projections tonight, but it's only at 35 points. Like that's not super high considering there are a lot of good teams on this slate, or at least, you know, good scoring teams. Like you do have Pittsburgh. Um, you have Vancouver at home to Seattle and Seattle's goaltending. Um, you have uh, Los Angeles, Minnesota, like having no lines above 35 points kind of just lends me to believe that it's a lot more open in what we can do with our with our stacking, right? Like it's not one of those nights where, um, you know, Boston's coming in. Um, like they are obviously still coming in with good leverage. Um, fourth on the slate behind Ottawa, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh. But it's not one of those nights where like they're a twenty one percent top two stack coming into three percent, and it's like you know, do I really want to fade them with that good of leverage? It's like the leverage is fine, but there are still other pretty good spots. Um, con- like. <laughs> I was actually looking into the goaltending across the league uh, this morning. Like Connor Hellebuck, not just uh, a Vesna candidate for top goalie this year, right? He's a Hart Trophy candidate, I think. Um, he is like either tied with – he's just behind Sorokin in uh, gold save the above expected, um, which is one metric that we look at. Like his high danger save percentages are obviously very, very strong. Um, you know, the Jets do have uh, some scoring, obviously, but, you know, no player on their team has 40 points, which like, you know, we're at a point now where teams are have like 33, 34 games played to not have a player with 40 points. Like there are a lot of teams that have one or, you know, more than one at, at that point um, at or at this point of the season, I should say. Um, you know, you just got to look at Minnesota with Capra's off of 42, like Zuccarello would be like among the winnipeg jets leaders like hellebuck's just been that good for winnipeg um so it's it's not making me super keen on boston especially when you have other lines in that price range minnesota um you know maybe even ottawa pittsburgh certainly um 
other lines in that price range that we can use. And I, I say it time and time again, every single show, it feels like a broken record, but Boston's top line just doesn't score nearly as much without David Pasternak there, right? Um, I was looking at their numbers just since Thanksgiving. 2.8 expected goals for, which is good, but that's not super elite or anything. Like Toronto's top line playing right now is up over four since Thanksgiving. Um, and only two goals per 60 minutes of at five on five since Thanksgiving as well. Like they're not scoring a ton. All a lot of their value is coming from the power play where surprise David Pasternak is playing. The problem here is that the Winnipeg penalty kill is actually pretty good and has been basically the entire season. They're also one of the least penalized teams in the league, only giving up 2.7 power plays per game to the opponent. League average is like 3.3. Um, so they're giving, you know, they're giving up far fewer power plays per game. So if they only give up a couple power plays to Boston and Hellebuck is playing well, like do I can the Boston top line get in on like three goals here tonight, maybe even four? It feels like a tall order for them. So it, Boston won or, you know, take out the Bros, put in Pasternak, whatever you want to do. They're always in play for me, but I don't know if they're at the top of my priority list for uh, expensive lines tonight. So, I mean, you can dip down, you can dip down the Boston lines if you want. I think, um, you know, that Hall coil Frederick line is actually playing well. They're not super expensive. I don't think you have to full stack them, but I think, you know, you can make a nice two man out of there, um, you know, with Hall and coil and it's, still relatively cheap if you average out the cost it's like forty seven hundred dollars between the two of them um if you average it out so i i think you can do like a nice two-man like that take advantage of the winnipeg depth which isn't very good it is a pretty good matchup for boston's top line at five on five like you know shifley perfidi and coolman aren't going to be a good defensive line um it's just it's not a good power play matchup and then you have to worry about hellebuck so I have no issues playing Boston. I just think there are other top lines I'd rather play. And on the Winnipeg side, it's kind of the same thing that we say whenever a team goes into Boston. It's like, I don't really have that much interest in stacking anything on the Winnipeg side. It feels weird to say, but especially without Blake Wheeler uh, on that top line, like they have been playing pretty well. Um, you know, Carson Kuhlman, he's not a top line player. He's not a top six player. He's probably not even a top nine player. Um, it's just, they need bodies. They need somebody there. So um, definitely not Winnipeg one. Like I think Winnipeg two is somewhat playable because I think Boston's second line is by far the weaker of the top three lines. Um, they're about even by expected goal share in their time together. That's really not that good. So like, you know, if you want a one-off Kyle Connor or something like that, or you want to, you know, nearly punt with Sam Gagne, I think that's fine, but I'm not stacking anything from Winnipeg. And again, back Boston one is fine, but I think there are other, plays on this slate that I'd rather go towards at, at around the same price. Yeah. On the Winnipeg second line, they're getting about 7% ownership, at least Dubois and Connor. It's not the best matchup. I will say if it is Swayman though, I will have some interest. He's had a very rocky season. Olmark on the other hand is probably a Vesna candidate. Swayman. I, I don't know. Like he had a good se rookie season last year. Just hasn't put it together this year. If it is Swayman, I, I don't mind going to Connor Dubois. I, I just hate sacking against good defensive teams just because their goalie's bad, unless it's like Seattle because their goalies are atrocious. Like Swayman did have a good season. He, goalies are weird creatures. They can have good games anytime, but like Olmark's been great. Swayman's been bad. So Connor Dubois, if Swayman starts, if not, I'm probably out on Winnipeg. Let's move to the blue line here. Josh Morrissey just continues to do it. He doesn't shoot, doesn't block many shots, but he does get a lot of assists here. Uh, this isn't a very good power play matchup, though. Um, I guess he's fine in Winnipeg stacks. I'm not going to one-off him here tonight. I think Brennan Dillon for Min Price or Dylan DeMello, you know, 2,900 for some shot blocks is fine. On the Boston side, with this not being a great power play matchup, I'm looking at the cheaper punts like Grizzly, Carlo, or Forbort. Yeah, I'll definitely mention Brendan Dillon here. He's up to about 22 minutes a game of late. Um, 
for a stone min punt, I like I don't care about the matchup. If you're playing if your defenseman playing 22 minutes and your name's not Mikey Anderson, I'll probably I'll probably <laughs> consider you for 2500. So don't mind Dylan. What one thing I will say on Morrissey real quick, like I don't like him for tonight's DFS matchup, but I watched quite a not quite a bit, a bit of that game, Ottawa and Winnipeg. I think the thing that sticks out is his skating's a lot better. Um just using his edge work, being able to kind of guide himself around players looking for plays to make. Like, I think it makes sense when you look at his um, expected goals impacts. They've been really, really good over the last couple seasons compared to like his first five or six years in the league. And I think, I mean, maybe his skating, maybe it's just, you know, something that I missed, but I, I, I think his skating's got a lot better. So I think there's something to his increased production even if he's still getting a bit lucky. But yeah, just Dylan for me in DFS. I mean, I think Hampus Lindholm is fine. It's it's 4,700 top power play for Boston. Like, even if it's not a good power play spot, Boston's power play is still always a threat, and that's a pretty reasonable price, I think. So Lindholm's, I think, in play for me, but uh, Dylan's probably my favorite defenseman in this game. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, Lindholm doesn't really need the power play time to get to rack up some peripherals, but yeah, agreed there. Washington Capitals with a 3.3 total heading into Ottawa. The Senators have a 3.1 total. Charlie Lindgren, Cam Talbot, probable. Timmy Stutzla back in the lineup, which is nice to see. Um, no more top line Derek Broussard, which is good for them. With When Stutzla was out, even with Stutzla's in, but even more so when Stutzla was out, Ottawa was one of the more heavily reliant teams on scoring on the power play kind of like the Vancouver Canucks were last year and even this year too. With him being back, that does kind of solidify the top six. Like Shane Pinto can handle himself as the two seeds better if he's down in the three seed, but he can handle himself there. So they're going Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, Jabrinkat, Pinto, Batherson. Um, you know, I think power play stacking on both sides could be fun here. I think you can full stack either the the top two Ottawa lines as well. Um, Again, the same thing on the capital sides. Either the top two lines are fine, depending on what you need price-wise. But I think, for me at least, I'm looking at the power play, guys. Yeah. Um, the story about Ottawa this season has really been shooting percentages. That kind of lends to what you were saying about the power play, is that if they weren't scoring on the power play, they were never scoring enough at five-on-five five to really get there um, in DFS. Uh, you just have to look at the at the season's numbers. I mean, the Ottawa top line with Stutzler there this season shooting 6.6%. The Ottawa second line with Shane Pinto there shooting 4.5%. Like between the two of them, they're shooting like 5.5%. And the league average is like what, like 12-ish? Oh, no. No, it's lower than that. But it's yeah. probably in, you know, upper nines, like 97 9.8%. But you'd expect a really good top line to be in like that 10 to 11 percent range or or even higher, something something like like Dallas and Toronto and them are around 12 percent. Right. So um, you could see that average double and it would just kind of fit what you would expect to see from normal top lines. That's just how brutal their five on five scoring have been. I think over the last month, they're last in five on five goals per 60 minutes, like last in the league, like behind like Columbus, Arizona, Philadelphia, Montreal, you name it. Um, it you, it's just a matter of those shooting percentages eventually turning around. Um, that Ottawa top line, 4.4 expected goals generated for 60 minutes. Like, they're so prolific offensively. Um, they're just getting stonewalled or, you know, Brady Kachuk's not a super high percentage shooter, but he should be better than, you know, what this is. Um, I really do like the Ottawa top line in this spot. One of the reasons for that is they're going to face probably, I'm assuming they're going to see quite a bit of that Ovechkin line. I mean, you know, there were times this year Ottawa was using the third line in a shutdown role. But um, what whether it's Washington 1 or Washington 2, like the Washington top line, 2.7 expected goals against in their last 100 minutes. That's worse than league average. Um, Milano and Kuznetsov in the second line, not really good defensive numbers. Better with Mantha or Oshie there, but still not great. So... I, I do think it's a pretty good spot for that Ottawa top line. Um, they're at home. They're carrying a pretty reasonable projection, nearly 32 DraftKings points combined. Um, I wish Stutzla was a bit cheaper. We're not really getting an injury discount here with him. Uh, but he's fine for his price at 6200 um, So I do like the Ottawa top line. And to your point about Broussard, I was looking at 
at shot rates with and without him. Brady Kachak is shooting, shooting over two times more with Stutzla as a center than Derek Broussard as a center. I don't think that's a big shock to anybody, but over two times more is a big, big difference, uh, especially when you're a player that can play 19, 20 minutes a night. So I, I do like Ottawa uh, in their top line here tonight. The second line, it's a little bit tougher. I don't mind them, but it seems like I would kind of rather just one-off some guys or maybe like stack the wingers. You know what I mean? Like Shane Pinto really not shooting a ton. Um, he's getting a little bit, ex- he's a little bit expensive at 4,500 really for what he does. Um, after that huge burst earlier in the season, he really hasn't, you know, done a whole lot in the last month or so. Um, they're not generating a ton either. Only 2.4 expected goals for and 175 minutes together at five on five, but they are shooting like Batherson is over four shots per game in his last 12 games. The brain cats had like three and a half. So that's why I don't mind like one off in one of them, maybe even duo stacking them for the power play. Cause uh, with Stutzla back, Giroux is going to go to power play too. And to bring cat and Batherson are both on the top unit. So, um, you know, double stacking those wingers, I think is fine. I just don't know if I'd full stack Ottawa too. On the Washington side, we're seeing, it's a 3.3 total here. Like that's higher than Ottawa. It's higher than the Rangers, higher than the Penguins, higher than Vancouver, higher than Los Angeles. Like it's a pretty big total on the road for these caps. I did write up Alex Ovechkin in the picks article, uh, free to read uh, over at stochastic.com. I'll bring it up uh, real quick. You can see it a little bit about Alex Ovechkin there. Um, what I wrote about mostly was his jump and shot rate because he wasn't shooting a ton earlier in the season. He was at about 3.8 shots per game in his first 17 games, which is like pretty high for almost anyone, unless you're named like Ovechkin or Pasternak or something like that. His last 17 games, so the second half um, of this early portion of the season, all the way up to 4.7. And he has more games with the DraftKings shot bonus than not. He has nine shot bonuses in there, only eight games without. So He's been shooting a lot more. Connor Sheary's even put up like two and a half shots per game in his last 10 games. Like that top line is generating. They're kind of having the same problem as, as Ottawa is, really. They're just not finishing as well at five on five. I, I really do like Ovechkin as a one-off in the spot. Ottawa takes a ton of penalties. One of the most penalized teams in the league at 3.7 times shorthanded per game. Um, off the top of my head, I think that's like third or fourth in the league. Or seventh, sorry. Seventh in the league. Um, so I do like Ovechkin at least as a one-off. Don't mind stacking that top line. You can make it a power play stack if you want. Take off Sherry, put in Kuznetsov, something like that. But I do like the Washington top line here. Not in so much on Washington, too. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Um, they did move Mantha off that line in the last game, so it kind of worries me about stacking that line. So it's either Washington one or Washington power play stack, but it's the Ottawa top line. I like most in this game. Yeah, I agree. I just, you know, it's hard for me to full stack Washington. If like there was a line combination, I really liked, I would prefer the capitals just because they have a higher total ownership. Isn't too high there, but you know, I think you could do like double center Kuznetsov, Stromo, Vechkin three man. I think that's, Nice way to get a little different. Um, but, yeah, Ottawa 1, Ottawa power play, my favorite thing from this game as well. Let's move to the blue line. I don't know. Like, Eric Gustafsson keeps uh, making me eat crow. Will he do it again? I don't know. For 3500 like, he's fine. Like, I just feel bad. Like, personally feel bad, like, hopping onto that train now after he's had two massive games in a row. But it's not like he's 5800 and you need it. To pay off of that price, 3500 is fine. Carlson, 7200 is my preferred play. Even Orlov at 4300 I would prefer over Gustafsson just because he plays a ton of minutes as well. 
on the Sen side, it's either Chabot for power play or, you know, like Hamannik or Zaitsev for some block shots. Yeah, Zaitsev was a guy um, I kind of had pegged for some block shots. As long as he's under 3K, I don't mind playing him. Um, it's when he gets to like that 34 or 3,500 range that I'll, I'll pass on him. Zaitsev, I don't mind. Um, I agree with Shabbat. Um, like, you know, if you want to do like a Debrinkat, Batherson, Shabbat, power play stack or something like that, I think that's fine. Um, on the Washington side, Dmitry Orlov playing, you know, 23 plus minutes, I think, since his return um, has had some decent games. You don't want to pay all the way up for John Carlson. I don't think, uh, I think Orlov makes like a decent secondary guy. Um, that's about it for me here. Um, Nick Jensen, a little bit too expensive at like 20, 21 minutes. So probably just Carlson uh, or Lob sites ever Shabbat for me. Yep. New York Islanders with a 2.5 total. Heading into Madison Square Garden, the Rangers have a three total. Sorokin is confirmed. Igor Shesterkin is probable. <sighs> like here we are with these Rangers lines again. Tally Kraftsoft in the lineup on the fourth line. Like, I don't mind his line mates, honestly, but like, you know, playing like nine minutes a night with those guys, not great when he could be playing with Panarin and Sabatajan, which would be much better. Although this isn't the best matchup for anything on either side, I think, you know, if Shesterkin is confirmed. Like, I don't like stacking against either of these goalies, that being said. I would have a little bit of interest of whoever, you know, the Rangers don't really hard match. And I know the lineup builder has the Kreider Trocheck line as the third line, but they're really the second line. And they're probably going to see a fair bit of that Brock Nelson Lee Bavillier line. So if anything, I'll probably go to the Kreider Trocheck line. If you want to use the kids, you know, Lafreniere and Kako are, Kako are, you know, still cheap. Heedle's getting up there at 4,700. So I'd probably just, you know, find the extra 700 for Trocheck. Gain that power play time. Granted, it's not a great power play matchup, but, you know, Nelson Lee not very good defensively. Long sample on that. So, Kreider Trocek for me. On the Islander side, probably the, that knee, that Nelson Lee line, just because, you know, they're not, they create chances, they trade chances. But again, I don't think I'm prioritizing the game. It's a five and a half over under with two of my favorite goalies. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did write up Vincent Trocheck for uh, the picks article today. Um, since Chris Kreider just jumped to his wing, I think he has I think Trocheck has ten points in seven games or something like that. And also had the post twenty seven times in the last three games. <laughs> I mean, I don't watch the Rangers enough to know that, but I'll, I I I did something I definitely believe. Um, but I, part of it is just the lack of center options on the slate today, right? Like you have Bergeron, who's always fine, always in play at home to Winnipeg. Okay, um, we can do that. Then this is a pretty bad matchup on both sides. Washington, you have Dylan Strom and Kuznetsov, or Stutzla and you know Shane Pinto. Um, here, here in uh, the next game, um, Carolina Pittsburgh. Like there aren't. You have Sidney Crosby and you have Evgeny Malkin, but it's also the Carolina Hurricanes, and then. Seattle and Vancouver, Vancouver broke up all their lines, Calgary and Los Angeles. Like there just aren't a lot of great centers options today. So I do have Trocek in that article. Um, he's on pace to have a pretty good season. Um, he's on pace for, uh, I think like 28 goals, 29 goals and uh, 60 points. So like he's coming as advertised, um, shooting the lot the puck a lot on the season, not so much as late. Um, him and Kreider have been playing well together. Um, 75 minutes. Um, they've they're controlling uh, about 55% of the expected goal share, scoring 3.2 goals uh, per 60 minutes. So they have been playing well. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. What I said in that picks article is just kind of repeating what we say all the time when it's the Islanders. It's like this is the Islanders aren't a great defensive team. It's Ilya Sorokin is having a season pretty comparable to the one Igor Shesterkin had a year ago. And, you know, but we have seen Sorokin have bad games. Like he's had, I, I think, three games um, in his last 10 starts with five plus goals allowed. So he has been human. It's just <laughs> the Islanders allow so many shots and so many good chances that he's going to have bad games once in a while. Um that Panarin's a Benajak Goodrow line that really hasn't been that great. Uh, they're scoring at a decent clip, but it's also because they're shooting 17% as a line. Um, 
obviously that's not sustainable. If they were to shoot 10%, that would be really good. And um, they're only at 3.4 goals per 60 minutes, which considering you're shooting 17%, honestly, isn't that much. Um, Barclay Goodrow has three shots in his last five games. That's one of the worst contracts in NHL history. <laughs> so, like, I, I mean, I think you could leave Goodrow off and just do a two-man of Panarin and Zibanejad, but it honestly is that Trocek-BC um, Crowder line that I like best. Like you said, going up against Islanders, too. I was wondering if that Islanders second line had improved offensively at all of late, and they have not. Uh, in the month of December, 3.1 expected goals against, but only one goal against per 60 minutes because they're getting 971 the same percentage behind them. If Sorokin does that, then they're boned. But if Sorokin's not on his game, um, it's a pretty good matchup for the Rangers. So I like Kreider, Trocek, and BC here. Um, not sure if I'd you know go out and power play stack. Um, the, the Islanders PKs giving up some decent shots, but not goals because Sorokin's just playing so well. So uh, Kreider, Trocek, VC for me. If you want to go to the kid line, um, I think they're perfectly fine, but they're also a line that's shooting at a pretty high clip. Um, I wonder how long that can last, but um, they are playing well, um, especially for a third line. So, you know, if you want a two-man Hedl and Lafreniere or Hedl and Kako or something like that, I think that's perfectly fine. But it's a Trocek line I like. Probably nothing for me from the Islanders side. They're just like, I, it's not a good matchup for that Lee Nelson Beauvillier line. And the Islanders top line is really getting run over defensively. Um, so they're, they're also relying on some pretty good percentages. So probably nothing for me from the Islanders. Honestly, if I was going to do anything, it would be Bailey, Barzal and Wallstrom. I know only Barzal's on the top power play unit, but they're fairly cheap. And Panarin's advantage at Goodrow, like, they play a slog, but they're not controlling. They're not dominating. You know what I mean? So, you know, absolutely that top line can get one or two good cracks, but um, it's the Trocheck line for me in this one. Yeah, I agree. And real quickly, before we get to the blue line, it's almost 15 minutes into the first period of the Leafs game. The Leafs have allowed one shot. They're losing one nothing. <laughs> Any chance to drag the Leafs, I will take it. I appreciate, I appreciate that about you. It's yeah. one of the things I really like about you. <laughs> Uh, why like why are they playing at 2 p.m eastern do they like double book a handsome concert no the leafs do this every year they have the home game right before christmas in the afternoons they invite like minor hockey and in elementary and middle school students stuff like that it's like a kid's game pretty much oh that's nice but like you know watching the leafs get dragged by the flyers right now yeah <laughs> Not exactly the best for the youth of toronto mm -hmm. but anyway to the blue lines Keandre Miller is probably the guy for me on the Rangers side. Like Truba, I think is fine. I prefer Truba to Fox today, but I think, you know, I'm going to take the discount and use Keandre Miller playing Ben Harper over Zach Jones. Like they sent Zach Jones down and Libor is still up here. Ben Harper still up here. That's just confusing to me. So Keandre Miller for me on the Islander side, it's going to be uh, Romanoff or Sebastian Fiveho for me. Yeah, I'm wondering what that ice time is going to look like uh, for the Rangers blue line because Schneider is not a defenseman that typically plays very much. And like no, you said, like 12 minutes. Yeah, like you said, Harper just got called up. So I'm wondering if this is in a game where you see that entire top six at like 23 to 26 minutes or something like that, right? And then the bottom pair uh, or the top four, sorry, and then the bottom pair plays like 11 or 12 minutes or something. So, um, I do think all the Rangers defensemen are in play. I agree with you. I prefer Truba uh, to Fox in this one just because of that power play, non-pop power play spot. But it's Scott Mayfield that I'm, I'm actually looking at in this game. He has 20 blocks in his last six games, which are six games with that, without Adam Pellick in the lineup. He's playing um, like 21 to 23 minutes pretty consistently. I do like Scott Mayfield um, at 3,200 for the Islanders today. And, Noah Dobson was in the picks article just because he is a guy that can kind of bring it across the board. He doesn't necessarily need to score to have good DFS value, but I think it's Scott Mayfield on a, on a point per dollar basis that I like the most today. Yeah. Noah Dobson's kind of like Jacob Truba. If Jacob Truba got top power play time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by bet MGM can get you a risk-free bet plus two months of stochastic plat plus platinum for free. All you got to do is sign up with BetMGM 
log into well first you got to log into your stochastic account it's free to create if you don't have one create an account with you know betmgm deposit at least ten dollars ten to a thousand depending on your risk-free tolerance you make your first paid bet the bet must settle to qualify have a bet for you tonight it is also the big dog plus money prop of the night if you follow me on twitter put one out every day my pick today is jordan Everlay over two and a half shots on goal it is plus money across all books so if you want to take this offer you get a risk-free bet on jordan Everlay over two and a half shots on goal once you complete all the steps, you'll get an email from BetMGM with instructions for redeeming your two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum. Most important part is you click the link in the description, follow the steps, deposit, bet Jordan Eberle over two and a half shots on goal, get your account cooking, and then go from there. Carolina Hurricanes, 2.7 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 2.9 total. Both teams have totals have jumped by 0.1 kind of negligible still under three still a five and a half over under it is trending towards six though as it was trending at five and a half this morning carolina plays tomorrow they haven't confirmed a goalie i would i, I don't know like i, I think it's going to be kochekov tonight but that's just a guess i'm kind of hoping it's ranta because kochekov has been great the past month tristan yari confirmed now, if you look in, if you are a stochastic member and you look at our top stacks, the top, the team who has the best top two stack percentage, that is a mouthful, is the Pittsburgh top line. They're not getting much ownership and they have a low total, which kind of explains the ownership. But, you know, the top stacks tool runs thousands of sims and it comes out with, you know, whatever percentage it pops out. If it's Kochekov, I, it's kind of the same boat for me with like Boston one, like, not the best matchup would not say no to someone playing Pittsburgh. The difference is Boston has a 3.6 total. The Pittsburgh Penguins have a 2.9. If it's Auntie Ranta, I think that will amp my interest up in Pittsburgh some more just because I like Ranta as a goalie, but he's played like once in the past like six weeks. So I don't know. And there's no news on Ajo. He could be back. He might not be back. So this game, in a nutshell, I like pit one. It just it's kind of goalie dependent on the hurricane side, like Svechnikov Netches two man. But like again, this game I'm not prioritizing unless Ronta's in that net with Pittsburgh. So I'm interested to hear what you have in store for this game. Yeah, it's frustrating not having news on Sebastian Aho because um a few days ago, uh the Carolina coach Rod Brindamore said he before Aho came back, he wanted to get him in and at least one good practice with the team. Uh, and Sebastian Aho practiced with the team yesterday. So they didn't have a morning skate today, you know, no coach availability or anything. So we won't find out till warm ups. But if we take what the coach said at face value a few days ago, then Aho's a, you know, a reasonable bet to be playing tonight. But like you said, they do have a back to back. Maybe they just had it, are going to have him skate around a bit more tomorrow at the morning skate and then play tomorrow night, get one game in before the holiday break or something like that. So it is frustrating because we don't really know um, what the Carolina lines are going to look like. I'm assuming Sebastian Ajo is going to be out. And it's a pretty good point um, that you raised about Kochekov. He has been good uh, for Carolina this year. Um I was looking at, again, I was looking at goalie numbers. His goal saved above expected this year. He has 11 goals saved above expected in 15 games. To put that into perspective about of how just good that is, um, he's already seventh in the league in goals saved above expected this year, higher than Jake Ottinger in nine fewer games played than Ottinger. It's a cumulative stat. So typically the more games you play, the higher your number will go. That's just how good he's been since he's been in the lineup. He's already performed like a top 10 goalie on the season, even though he's played fewer than half their games. Um, so that is a problem. And I agree with you, Ronta being in that would kind of change things for me a little bit because the Carolina top line with Stasny there, they've been good offensively. Don't get me wrong. They have been good, but defensively 3.1 expected goals against for 60 minutes. That's very unlike almost any Carolina line you'll ever see in your life, especially over the last five years or so. Um, and the Pittsburgh top line um, has been generating quite a bit 
um, this season. 3.8 expected goals for, 3.4 actual goals for, all of them playing over 20 minutes over the last couple of weeks. Gensel's on a 40-goal pace. Uh, since they added Ricard Raquel to the top power play unit, the top power plays actually looked like viable and not like utter garbage uh, to the point where Crosby actually has three power play points in his last five games. So, if you know, if Ajo's out, Ronto's in, something like that, I would have interest in playing the top Pittsburgh line here, um, you know, especially where they're fully correlated, especially where uh, Raquel has helped the power play so much. Um, we'll have to see when warm-ups hit. At the very least, if Ajo's out, I will be considering Pittsburgh one, at, you know, as a top primary stack today. Um, Pittsburgh two, I don't think is as in play just because once you get to Pittsburgh two and you get away from that Stasny line, like Tara Biden, Kakanyemi, Jarvis, not that great offensively, I don't think, but a very good defensive line. Same thing with, you know, the Jordan Stahl line below them. So I think the Pittsburgh second line could run into some tough matchups. I think it plays better for the Pittsburgh top line. So pit one for me in this one on the Carolina side. Um, I would have interest in the Carolina top line um, where Stasny's not really that expensive and they're not coming in with much ownership. Like they're one of the better leverage lines um, of the night. Uh, I think they're sixth by le- our, our top stacks to a leverage. So I don't mind the top line here. Um, I think it might be going to that Jordan Stall line and doing like a duo um, to save some money for my more expensive stacks. But uh, in total, it's pit one that I like in this game the most. Yep. I wish we had confirmation on who's playing, but, you know, that's not a luxury that we have right now. So take that's yeah. gases. On the blue line here, I think, you know, you can add in Latang if you want on with pit one stacks. He's only 5,300. I think that's a fair price. Um, on the Carolina side, probably Rhett Pesci, Brady Shea, if you're, if you have that money, I guess like Burns theoretically is fine. I just, I don't know. I'd rather just play Carlson. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'll, I'll mention Jacob Slavin. He's blocking more shots this year than he normally does. Um, I think he's at nearly 1.7 blocks per game this season. He's typically at like around 1.5 or so. Might not seem like a big difference, but that's like a 14% increase off the top of my head. So um, not too, too bad. Um, don't mind his price. Could block a lot of shots tonight. And he's he gets involved offensively once in a while. Um, yeah, Latang's price is just fine. Um, especially if Ronta starts, I don't mind playing Latang in this one, especially where he's playing 27 minutes a night since Petrie got hurt. Uh, but other than that, I don't think there's much for defensemen here that I, I'm really targeting. Yes, I agree. So let's move on to the next one. Seattle with a 3.3 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a 3.2 Grubauer probable Spencer Martin confirmed. I'm trying to pull up the new Vancouver lines here. They are. Uh, Elias Pettersson is back. Not the lines you're expecting, though. It is going to be Ilya Mikheyev with Horvat and little boy goal Connor Garland. Uh, Dakota Joshua with JT Miller and Brock Besser. Third line of Elias Pettersson, Andre Kuzmenko, and Lane Peterson. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Those are fun. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you talk about Dakota Joshua in a second um, about his offensive impacts, which actually are pretty good. I just don't know what to make of these top <laughs> these lines. Like, I don't know much about Lane Peterson. I do know he's either been scratched or on the fourth line most of the season. Like, I don't know what kind of offensive upside he would give Peter or Peterson and Kuzmanko. Like, I don't know. 
Like I wanted to play Patterson Kuzmenko, but not with Lane Peterson. Um, Dakota Joshua with JT Miller and Brock Besser doesn't strike me as a very good defensive line. Horvat and Garland generally, I don't know, like Mikheyev up there makes me feel like they're going to go out against top comp, but like, I don't understand that line at all. So maybe you can talk me through some of the Vancouver lines here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about the JT Miller, um, Brock Besser line first. Um, the reason I want to do that is that JT Miller, Brock Besser duo just really has not been good um, for um, Vancouver this year. Um, they're playing with Dakota Joshua. I'll get to him in a second, but Miller and Besser have played 80 minutes together. 2.1 expected goals for 4.2 against. That's a 33% expected goal share. Very nice. It is brutal. And it's not as if, um, you know, they're creating uh, some scoring chances that are escaping uh, the expected goals metrics. Because their actual goals for 2.4 and actual goals against 7.6. So once again, uh, right around like right right around 30% expected goal share, if I'm doing that math right, they're bad, real bad defensively. Um, I don't think Dakota Joshua is going to help. What I, the point I was going to, I was making about Joshua in our discord is if you look at market market share and I define market share as what a player shot attempts or shots on goal or individual expected goals are, um, as a ratio of what's created with him on the ice. Dakota Joshua, one of the best in the league, over 40% of the expected goal market share when he's been on the ice. Now, he's typically been in the bottom six for Vancouver. Uh, Part of that is a function of um, Vancouver not having a good bottom six. Um, But he's tied with Patrice Bergeron, individual expected goals per 60 minutes this year. Um, He's scoring at a reasonable amount for the ice time that he plays. He basically just shoots from the front of the net, which, like, if you're going to shoot, it feels like a pretty good spot to do it from. So with the atrocious Seattle goaltending, I can see that line kind of getting there, and they're not that expensive, right? Um, Besser's 4K, Miller's uh, 5,600, um, and Joshua's 2,500. So the three of them are around 12,000. On DraftKings, that's you're getting two out of three guys on the top power play unit for that. Um, so I guess I don't mind that line here tonight. Um, like if I was gonna full, if I was gonna three man stack any of the lines, it might be that line, even as bad as they are defensively. And I expect them to get run over by Seattle. It's just Seattle's goaltending is terrible. Um, the Horvat Garland McKayev line is a little bit different. I wrote up Garland in the picks article today. Um, that was before um, all this news came out. Um, he had been playing more with their injuries of late. Um, he had been shooting the puck a little bit. Um, but Horvat and Garland, like not really that great together this season. Mikheyev and Horvat, really not that great together this season either. So probably out on that line, especially where there's only one guy in the power play unit. For Pedersen and Kuzmenko, They've been able to carry just about anybody that's played with them, whether it's been Mikheyev, who's honestly not having that great of a season, um, whether it's been Besser, whether it's been whoever else they've thrown at line, they've been able to carry. Lane Peterson is a career AHLer. He's 25 years old. I think he has 17 goals in 18 games in the AHL this year, something like that, but he's shooting 35%. Um, I was Back in 2019-20, he shot like 22% in the AHL. If this guy could score at like a 16 or 17% clip in the NHL, he would be in the NHL full time, right? That's kind of the way I look at it. I don't think he's anything special. I do think Pedersen and Kuzmenko could carry him. Uh, The problem is, is Kuzmenko has been booted off the power play for Brock Besser. So Pedersen's the only guy on the power play. And if Kuzmenko's playing, you know, 14 minutes and Peterson's playing like 11, like, do I want to stack them? I don't think so. Like, I think Pedersen makes a decent one off. Um, I think that's definitely in play uh, here today because um, the Vancouver power play has been pretty good with Besser there. So Pedersen one off is fine. I just don't think I'm full stacking. If I'm full stacking, probably that JT Miller line on the Seattle side. Um, it's that problem again. It's like which line's going to score for Seattle. Um, I imagine that you're going to see the Horvat line go out against Wentberg. And that means JT Miller and Besser out against Beneers, Everly and McCann. 
You like Eberly uh, in the shot prop. I like McCann today just in general, even though he is shooting a bit high um, himself. Veneers, Eberly, and McCann have been good together this year. Um, 19% shooting is a big part of it, um, but I don't think it's a bad matchup for them. Um, I think you can one-off McCann or Eberly or something like that, but it's that line that I'd be targeting on the Seattle side. Um, and again, JT Miller, Besser, and Joshua for me on Vancouver. I don't like this game. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of this game either. Eberle has three or more shots in four of his last five games. That is a reason why I bet him today. Uh, but, yeah, I do agree on the Seattle side. It would be that mccann Beneers eberle line. Uh, if you want to go to Schwartz, Wenberg, Yorkshire, I think that's fine. But for me, Beneers. Yeah, I'm not expecting any of the Vancouver lines to be very good defensively. Let's, like, let's get that out of the way. Um, I'm just trying to pick what I think will be the best matchup. Yeah, and there's not really like massively expensive power play stacks, but I wouldn't even mind like a Gordonado two man, but that's like almost not necessary unless you're, you know, unless like McDavid's on the slate. Cause I don't think, you know, unless maybe your power play stack in Boston or Ottawa, I don't think it's super necessary. Let's move to the blue line here. Um, Justin Schultz on the top unit, but like the top unit, like the Vince Dunn unit has seen more ice time over the past few games which is like McCann, Schwartz, Bjorkstrand, Wenberg and Dunn so I think Dunn plays more minutes as well so at 3900 Dunn's the guy for me Adam Larson 4k is fine on the Vancouver side I think if you want to include Quinn Hughes for some power play stuff that's fine otherwise you know like Tyler Myers is min price yeah sure Tyler Myers was the guy I was looking at I always hate saying that but he's min price his ice time is back up recently as well like back up in that 22 23 minute range so tyler myers min price i think might be my favorite full punt on the slate here today big rig jamie alexiak uh 2021 minutes since he's returned 2600 don't mind him i think i'll be looking for super cheap defensemen in this game agreed uh if you do not have an awesome osmo it took me until december to do that almost christmas if you do not have a stochastic membership we can get you an nhl three-day risk-free trial Click the link in the description below and you get full access to everything NHL that Stochastic has to offer. Projections, ownership, top stacks, rankings, Discord, which is invaluable. Everything you need to have success at, success at NHL. Stop it. Bacon and Avery going at it. Stop it. So click the link in the description below and we will see you in the Discord. Calgary. With a three total heading into Los Angeles, the Kings have a 2.9 total. Uh, Daniel Vladar, probable. Phoenix Copley confirmed. I'm liking the Dylan Dubé on the top line here. About like they scored two full line goals in 30 seconds the other day, which was ridiculous. Um, they've kind of brought the Flames back to life, although that second line, like Huberto's just in, in la la land this season. I don't know what's going on with them. I'm sure, you know, Milan Lucic is going to help them on that line. I don't mind Flames' top line here. Don't mind the Flames' third line as well. On the Kings' side, I think both top six lines are in play. I love it because it was the Hubert Okadri Luchis line that I wrote up in the picks article today. I, <laughs> I did not. Hey, man, did you see that spin pass Luchis that last game? That spinorama backhand? It was nice. I'm Can't just saying. Can't say I've watched a lot of Milan Lucic over the past few months. I'm just saying. Um, the reason I have the Huberto Kadri Lucic line um, listed in that picks article as an option today is the power play. And it's simply the power play. Yeah. Like Huberto has been bad this year. Um, but one thing I mentioned in that picks article um, about uh, the power, about Huberto and the power play, he's at 6.4. Um, points at five on four this year for 60 minutes over the last three years he was at 6.9 like that's not that much of a difference it works out to like two or three power play points over a full season like it's not that big of a deal so they have been good on the power play like the calgary uh power play has been as good as the rangers power play top power play anyway this season so um huberto kadri and lucic don't mind them, especially where I think they're going to get the Anze Kopitar matchup. And like four years ago, I would have said, I don't want the Anze Kopitar matchup. But that top line has been pretty porous defensively 
uh, for the Kings. 3.1 expected goals against, 3.2 actual goals against, and over 200 minutes together. That's the matchup Kadri, Huberto, and Lucic are going to get. Now, I think you can leave Lucic off. Like, I don't think you have to put him in. I think you can just focus on the power play guys. But I think it's a really good power play spot uh, for the Flames. Um, as I mentioned in that article, the Kings are a bottom 10 penalty killing team over the course of the season, and they're in the bottom five over the last month. So getting worse as the season's going on. Um, really good power play spot. So for that reason, people want to use Lindholm and Toffoli and Dubé. You get two out of three on the top power play. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that, but I think it's Huberto, Kadri, uh, and Lucic that I'm leaning to on the Calgary side. On the Kings side, I think kind of for the same reason, um, I'll go to that Kings top line. Um, it's because they're facing Hubert Okadri uh, and Lucic. I don't expect that to be a very good defensive line. Um, so Kings won for me here. I think very much in play coming in with reasonable ownership in our top stacks. Kadri uh, line for me uh, from the Flames side. Yeah, uh, I should clarify. Like, I like the Flames power play. I just, if I'm going to full stack line, it's going to be Linholm, Dubé, Toffoli. I just, I don't know. Like Huberto's had a terrible season. Luch each doesn't really do it for me, but I understand for the power play, you get Huberto, Kadri at 11 8 against the Kings penalty kill. That is bad. Let's move to the blue line. Rasmus Anderson on the top power play, 5,500. I think he's fine. No Hannafin, $100 less. I'll probably in this spot just go to Anderson. Chris Tanev is min price. Mackenzie Weger, 3,700, who I don't know. He just confuses me. And I think you can use one of Dowdy or Dursey on the Kings side. Yeah, Chris Tanev, min price, 2500 very much in play. I do like Rasmus Anderson. Like I said, this is a really good power play spot. Anderson in that mid-fives range on DraftKings. Uh, Dursey played some meaningful minutes of late. Uh, good peripherals, don't mind him. Probably prefer him over Doughty. Um, either's fine, but I think it's the flame side for the defenseman I'm going to be looking at. Yep, real quick, on the last game of the night, Minnesota Wild with a 3.5 total heading into San Jose. The Sharks have a 2.9 total. Philip Gustafsson is confirmed. James Reimer is probable. I didn't see Sharks skate yet, but the coach yesterday said something about uh, Timo Meyer with Couture and Barabanov. I think that might be the line here. Don't mind that at all. It's fully correlated. Minnesota back to back on the road. If you want to go there, you can. I just want to see, you know, an ownership run if that is in fact a line. On the wild side, going back to the top line here, I think is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, that line for the Sharks would be under $18,000, I think, off the top of my head. So not a bad price. Um, yeah, I really do like Minnesota one here again. Um, there's not a line that worries me from a defensive perspective on the San Jose side. Um, I was looking at uh, Couture and Myers numbers defensively going back to last year. Um not going to surprise you, but they're really bad. <laughs> over three expected goals against per 60 minutes. Over five actual goals against, really not great. Um, so I think it's a it's another good spot for the Minnesota top line. And what I'll say real quick, the San Jose penalty kill is kind of falling apart. Their goaltending um, has really let them down on the PK over like their last 10 or 11 games. Um, whether that keeps going or not, I, who knows. But the Minnesota power play is as good as almost any power play in the league. Um, so I think Minnesota one is definitely back in play here. Um, I think, you know, one offing Matt Boldy uh, is definitely back in play here. Uh, the Greenway Erickson Eck line, like I wrote up Erickson Eck, the guy's on pace for like nearly 30 goals and 250 shots this season or something like that. So, um, you know, I think even like an Erickson Eck Greenway, Erickson Eck Felino two man, I think is just fine on that third line. But obviously it's the Minnesota top line. That is uh, the feature here. I don't think I'm going to stack anything from San Jose because if you get Meyer, Bear, Banoff, Couture, they're all going to be perfectly correlated. I imagine they come in with a fair bit of ownership here. Um, I, I'm not going to argue with anybody that wants to use them, but I think it's definitely the Minnesota side that I'm more interested in. Just full stack in the top line, maybe picking some one-offs from the rest. Yep, I agree there. Coming right up at, right after us at the top of the hour, the No House Advantage Thursday night. Football show at 3 o'clock, and then after them is the No House Advantage Thursday night NBA show at 3.30, so make sure to tune in for that. 14 goalies tonight. Who are you liking? I uh, wrote up Tristan Jarry in the picks article. He's been on a ridiculous tear this year. Um, just this season in general, he's been great. His last 10 starts have been unbelievable. Carolina can sometimes struggle to score, so I like Jarry. Um, Sorokin at his price, I'll always play him. I don't care who he's playing against. I'll always play him at his price, 7,300, I think, on DraftKings. 
Um, Charlie Lindgren um, going up against Ottawa. If Ottawa can't start stop start turning around those shooting percentages, he could have a good night here. And I'll mention uh, Phoenix Copley on FanDuel. He's got that old Ilya Samsonov pricing going on, so don't mind him on FanDuel. Yep, I'll add in uh, Pyotr Kochekov if he is starting, and I think taking a stab on 6,900 Connor Hellebuck on DraftKings is nice. Who are you liking for your hat trick pick? Uh, I'm going to go expensive, and I'm going to go obvious, and I'm going to go Brady Kachuk. Very nice. I am going to go... Should I just like triple down on my guy here? I'm going Jordan Everly. Oh, there we go. I like it. Jordan yeah. Everly hits. You're going to have a great night. Yeah. And I'll be sleeping hopefully through it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we will be back tomorrow morning, 830 special start time. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow morning at 830. Good luck, everybody. See you in Discord. Click those links in the description. Smash the like. We like. Good luck, everyone. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.